Welcome to the Shockwave Therapy Podcast. My name is James Woolwich, Osteopath and Clinical Director at the Abbey Pills Clinic in Suffolk. We will be trying to demystify the concept of shockwave treatment whilst bringing together experts in their field to discuss the latest research. If you are deciding on whether to add this modality into your clinic or just improve the way you deliver it, then we hope this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode one. I'm joined today by Paul Hobra, the author of Running Free of Injuries. He's a clinic owner and excellent physiotherapist up at physioandtherapy.co.uk. He also teaches in this country and around the world uh, on behalf of one of the major shockwave manufacturers. He teaches his own uh, postgraduate CPD courses on this subject as well. So there are not many people uh, around that know more about shockwave therapy than him. So we're, we're really pleased to have him open up our first episode today. Welcome, Paul. Paul, we've got 15 minutes tonight just to try and simplify a few things to do with what shockwave therapy is. So when you're teaching your courses, can you just outline for the people that don't know much about it what, what you kind of say about what shockwave is and how it works? Yeah, no problem. And, and the first things first is that this is a, a way of explaining to your patients who I think is more important you can go and read all the sciencey stuff. So you've got to perfect your 60-second pitch. So what you're looking at is the shockwave is going to give you um, a pressure wave and an acoustic wave together. That's what makes it so brilliant. And what that's going to do is that first pressure wave, which is the shockwave, is going to be followed by cavitation, cavitation bubbles which expand and collapse, and then you've got microjets that come through, and they also hit the afflicted tissues. So though you're giving 2,500 shocks in a treatment normally, you're actually giving tens of thousands of shocks on those tissues, which increase microscopic circulation. They're going to uh, promote mechanotransduction. They're going to increase the, the um, ability to create new cell life through um, fibrocytes and also into your cell osteoblasts. So you're effectively stuffing the area full of new cells. That in itself is what's going to end up with a healing process, which is going to stimulate through the course of shockwaves, I believe over six sessions, over six weeks, and you've still got 90 days of um, collagen and protein synthesis to take place after that. So you're spending about four minutes on a treatment, but and yet you're giving four and a half months worth of therapeutic input. It's brilliant. Wow, that 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 last bit was was something I've never heard you talk about. But that is a that's a pretty good summary of um of, of number of things. And that we'll talk a bit about later how the fact that it people people sell it in the wrong way, which is, you know, they get the idea that if they have shockwave, I certainly see this on some of the courses I teach on that people think it's going to be some magic fix over two to three weeks, when people still need to understand that tendons take three months to heal. Because I I certainly say with the patients I see that you know it, it will be a lucky side effect which is actually reasonably common that they get reasonable pain relief quite quickly, but ultimately it's going to ensure that they get really good change over two to three months. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, early on you're getting um, hyperstimulation anesthesia, which is essentially what you get from a TENS machine. Uh, and, and that's where I think the downtime came from, is that people were literally limping in with horrific um, yeah. and then you know, a few minutes after the shockwave, they're hopping around like they're going to go and do ballet rombert again or, or do hill reps. Huh. And, and, and actually, that's where you've got to say to them, you know, unfortunately, this probably isn't going to last. You're going to wait a few months to get your full results. And, and that's where I think the downtime came from. But um, I think you can cut that to a few hours rather than two days. But you're absolutely right. People 
expect it's going to be this magic fix. It's not a panacea cure-it-all. You don't stop being a great osteopath like you, James, or, or physio or, or podiatrist the second you plug this into the wall. It becomes part of the whole package. Yeah, that, that's that's a real... That's a real I, I want that to be a take-home message when I do the courses I, I teach on. Because people have become, like all things, I remember you and I are near enough the same age. Ultrasound about 20 years ago was was the panacea that everyone plugged it in they, they didn't know what else to do they'd stick the ultrasound machine on it and um expect amazing things and then we realized with data years past that um it wasn't nearly doing as much as we thought it was doing but um i think that now now you and i've seen loads of these manufacturers come out from china and so forth with shop made machines and dumb the price down to a point where near enough everyone can afford them whether they've got any good yeah. evidence or not. And then everyone just plugs them in, whacks it on the saw bit and uh, away they go. But we sh just talking about, so in, in terms of uh, running a practice with this, what, what are the main conditions that, that we should be looking out for that we, we would be saying, you know, this is the right patient for this type of modality? So, so first of all, if, if you look at where you, you know, require things like mechanotransduction, stuff like that, then typically you've always been looking at the chronic tendinopathies yeah so if you want to stick to the the central lane of shockwave and you want to be on the right side of the nice guidelines and the right side of the c mark for the machine you really are looking at uh, plantar fasciopathy plantar fasciitis if you want to go with the more common name uh, achilles tendinopathy uh, some people put uh, medial tibial stress syndrome or shin splints in there definitely patella tendon high hamstring You've got um, trochanteric uh, tendon and you have got uh, either side of your elbow and calcific tendonitis of the shoulder. They would be the, the core things that people would be looking at. I have to say I'm using it on just about everything. Um, and, you know, I, I've been saying on my courses that if it's a radial shockwave, I, I literally, with minimal training, let my eight-year-old use it on me pretty much anywhere. I think it's that safe. Um, when you're talking about focus shockwave, we have a different conversation. Um, but I'm seeing benefits through using this um, in a much, much wider scope of practice than just those kind of seven or eight main tendons or, or, or tissue areas. Yeah, I, I think that the, the, the key point to it is, is though the, the two things I say to people is that one, you know, the safety, the Pedro database, you know, a meta-analysis of 106 studies, you know, no adverse side effects whatsoever. That's a pretty good number of studies that were included in that, and uh, as you say, for this ra for the radial uh, especially, and also the second thing I've, I've found, I don't know whether you, you as well, is that when, when we look at these persistent pain problems, whether it be tendons, soft tissues, even some joint pain, if they've tried everything else, which they often have done when they've seen us, they're really looking at either a steroid or some injection, uh, or they're looking at surgery. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, given yeah, that it's... Most patients these days don't really want surgery, do they? They're, no. They're, they're kind of very wise to the fact that it's not, you know, they're not going to walk out of the surgery and after the rehab and they're going to be completely better or, or as good as they were before surgery. I think most people now see as a bit of a, a last-ditch attempt. Injections, how much science have we really got around injections compared to 300 papers a year yeah. coming out on shockwave therapy? They're, they're just not keeping up. And, no. and I don't think that the the long-term outcomes are the same. I mean, even looking at uh, Nadelka's paper in 2014, where he looked at shockwave versus uh, cortisone injection for facet joints, 
and, and, and Shockwave ended up with a much better long-term outcome. And you think about how the patient feels having six weeks of, uh, you know, mild bit of discomfort for four or five minutes versus someone coming up with a needle. It, it, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense that you would clinically reason to put your patient in that invasive situation when the science doesn't point towards the efficacy of the injection. No, that's, and that's, that's really well put, isn't it? And especially, I think, with the tendinopathies, where PRP, autologous blood, they, they seem to have been on the wane. And if you look at, if you look at all the data that, that compares shockwave with steroid for tendinopathies and plantar fasciopathy, the, long, the long-term outcomes are near enough always won by shockwave. And, and also, you don't have any risk of rupture. And the rupture risk yeah. of plantar fasciopathy, if you have two or three injections into there, if you can tolerate the pain of having one, um, it's not good. I mean, you know, in, in acute circumstances, we, we use a steroid in, in clinic if someone's you know wants to get out and play golf at the weekend but uh, we're always telling them that you know this might not be a long lasting uh, relief for you whereas shockwave you know is and has got that data that says you know long term follow ups up to 12 months you're doing better than all all other options really for those things yeah and and, and I think that's a, a fantastic way of getting your patients to understand a lot of people um don't like the idea of waiting 12 months well look at some conditions like you know frozen shoulder well just wait 18 months or three years and yeah. the shoulder might be better you know if, if you're looking at conditions like that where you've got a long time to wait anyway then why not let's have a really good go at speeding that up using shockwave it's got some great evidence to support that yes it isn't currently on your nice guidelines list but um there's some great evidence to fall back on there's really good studies to, to show that so What's the alternative? And it, it really comes down to if you're thinking, well, where am I going to place Shockwave? You can, you can operate like me where I'm thinking, what's my reasoning not to give this person Shockwave? Or you can think the other way, whereas we're now at a point where we're going to do something that's really quite significant. Why not try Shockwave at that point? And that's like the, if you like, what I consider three, four, five years ago where everyone had to come to you having failed two types of conservative management before you use Shockwave. And, and, and I, more often than not, I'm getting stuck in with Shockwave nice and early and getting fantastic results. And what, what um, in terms of uh, chronicity of symptoms with your patients, uh, the, when we started off doing the ACERT um, nationwide um, follow-up trial that we were doing, and we were always told that we weren't allowed to do it unless they had it three months and so forth. I know there is, there's been a little bit of data that's come out in more acute uh, in acute uh, cases but what what do you tend to when you're teaching your courses do you tend to say that the patient's got to have it three months four months six months what, what are your kind of guidelines on that so uh, i i'm fairly as i say i'm fairly maverick with the use of it when you're teaching a course it's a very different situation so my my just go back a stage my outlook is that somebody really wants to be using using radial shockwave initially before they perhaps move on to getting focused i think it's much safer um, and I think they really should be starting out working on people that have had the condition for, I would argue, three months. Uh, if they're going to be working on chronic patients, and, and, and then off they go. But if someone comes to you with a patella tendinopathy, when, when did that start? By its very nature, it's chronic. So it cracks straight on. Yeah, very few people turn up to you with a chronic problem, um, uh, and, and, and that's when you need to set your clock. So most cases, people are turning up, for example, with a patella tendinopathy, high hamstring tendinopathy, by the actual fact they're there, it's already chronic. Otherwise, I, I don't know why they'd be turning up. So 
you've got to make your clinical judgment. And so what I always say to people is really the bulk of the evidence, although we've got some great stuff coming through with um, in an acute setting, and I will use it in an acute setting, but when someone says what's happening to the tissues in that acute setting, I've spoken at length with some of the, the top German guys, and they're saying, well, they believe that it's um, restoring growth factors, probably um, moderating um, some of the, the, the bony edema uh, in the area, and, uh, but it's all it's what we think is happening. So if you are going to teach a course, you've got to be telling people what you know as best as your ability is happening, and therefore wait till it's chronic. Your, uh, you know, HCPC or, or or whatever you know the different denominations of it. You are a allied health professional, and you would have to make the same clinical reasoning about what you're going to do with that tendinopathy, whether it be acute or chronic, and whether you apply shockwave. That's just part of your armory, but you yourself have to make a decision about whether it's chronic or not and that would always come from you and i would say if you want to stay in the safe zone which i recommend to people on my course if you know it's chronic if you believe it's chronic you stay there and that's when you bring out shockwave if your patient consents to have it yeah i i, I think that all sounds completely reasonable actually i mean that's pretty much what i go along with as well and i know that some of the other people that teach they, they say a similar sort of thing i've certainly been inclined to say that you know you might have only had it for six weeks but if we look back at your history you've always come in with um, some element of lower extremity this that and the other it's probably been bumbling around in the background um yeah. when when you you said at the start of this that you you suggested that people have about this is also you know how many how many treatment sessions should i be giving for certain conditions and you came straight in with six earlier on do you yeah. on, your, on the courses do you do you say that across the board everyone needs six or do you do you change that number depending on how long they've had it or for what condition they've had no, I, I, I like people to go away with stuff they can remember. Listen, we know that, that no harm's going to come from this. I think if you've got a package that offers six, let, let, let's just look at some of the things. First of all, a lot of the early research is saying three sessions, and, and they, they have based a lot of the protocols on that early research. There's now stuff coming out with four sessions, five sessions, six sessions. People like uh, Aviva... Uh, and Cigna kind of automatically give you six sessions. Booper even give you three, and you can apply for another three. The truth is we don't know what the optimum number is, but there's um, some recent information to show that when you first start shockwave, so week one, you actually have an increase in substance P, and that is reduced significantly by week six. So what I was finding anecdotally is that people were seeming to have a big breakthrough in terms of their reduction in pain and function around six week mark so um because we can't decide whether it should be three or five or ten or whatever i've stuck with six for the last three years now and my results have been significantly improved now next week so week tomorrow i'll fly out to beijing to go to the international society for medical shockwave treatment and we're getting something in the region of 20 lectures a day there um, they're only 15 minutes long but it's they're long days and this is one of the questions i really hope to ask and really try to glean from a mass of international understanding about what they think this should be because all the science i look at and i'm sure you're the same james um we don't know we don't know what the, the yeah. right amount is all i know is that uh, across all the meta-analysis it seems to be telling us that it's an 82 percent success rate with shockwave across all of those uh, wonderful papers uh, and I think by doing a six-session protocol that my audit is at least
least on par with that, if not improved on it. So one of the things that I'm presenting there is my protocol for osteoarthritis of the knee, and that is six sessions, actually 5,000 shocks per treatment as well, not 2,500. So I want to see how well that's accepted there. Are you Just as a side note, are you using radial with that, Paul? Combined, radial and focus. Okay. Apart, yes. At the start of this, you know, one of the main aims of this of these podcasts was to demystify a bit of what Shockwave is and try and simplify it. Can you just yeah. give us in, in 30 seconds your radial focused... I'm going to ask everyone for this, actually, when they come on. Yeah. 30 seconds radial focused differences and uh, what we should think uh, we should be using it for. I can, I can probably do it in 10 seconds. Radial is like a light bulb and focus is like a laser pointer. So the light bulb... The strongest signal is emitted around the bulb and it gets weaker and weaker as a half-life, but it's going everywhere. You're showering everywhere in, in, you know, with shockwave. The, the focus is like a laser pointer and where that red dot hits on those affected tissues is where the treatment is taking place, basically missing out everything before it. That's mightily impressive. I, I like, because I'm in Suffolk and lots of people shoot around here. I use shotgun versus air rifle or yeah. something like that, yeah. And uh, there's not many people that have got focused, I know, because it's a little bit more expensive. But I think you and I both agree, along with other people that have got them, that combination treatments uh, tend to be where everyone is going who's an expert in this field. But um, but we'll, we'll come... I, I, think, I think science will take that to be the gold standard yeah. uh, in the next couple of years. But I, I also think that um, people that are getting on board now still, I reckon, still be considered to be early adopters, even with radial in this country, yeah. not in, in places like Germany and Switzerland, but in this country, getting your first radio machine, I still would probably just about put you in the early adopter, but if you really wanted to be beating um, the, everyone else to the gatepost, then you go and get yourself a focused machine within six months of using radial, and you really would be ahead of the curve. And using both together, I think that will be the, um, the gold standard going forwards. And I also think that within five years that you'll hear shockwave therapy therapy for just about every medical condition that you can reasonably think of i think would be involved in 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 the management of, of those things yeah i think that's that's definitely the, the the way that the trend is going it's just that in, you know when we meet together with people that are from europe uh, the popularity of it and the acceptance of it is way more than it is uh, in britain um we're just a little bit i i don't know i mean quite rightly you've got to be a little bit you got to be a little bit cynical about everything that's supposed to be a panacea, but uh, I mean, I don't know about. I mean, I in twenty years of doing what I've been doing, I I've never plugged a machine in. I've never used any technology before. I've used, you know, I'm an osteopath, use hands on. But um, when I got involved in this, I have to say, uh, and now my physiotherapist is here in clinic. And um, I don't. What other what other other electrotherapy machines do you use, and where do you see this in terms of hierarchy of effectiveness? I, I, I see it as absolutely the top of the hierarchy of the effectiveness. I think that research shows that. Um, I've just started using high-powered laser um, okay. in, in conjunction with shockwave, so actually heating the tissues up directly after giving shockwave, and I'd love to come back in six months and, and tell you what the results of that are. But um, that's the, I, I've, I've steered clear of just about everything else that plugs into the wall other than a treadmill for the entirety of my career. Uh, um, and it, it actually, you know, name drop bingo and everything, but it took uh, Paula Radcliffe and Steve Cram, who I was treating to say to me, we, we, we're getting this, um, look, why aren't, you, why aren't you providing it? And at that time, I was an absolute naysayer. And I was, I'd read all the, the, um, all the buzz,
month or, 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 or the um, sorry the research that was out that was easily accessible that basically we were knocking out in the kind of uh, early 2000s which said that shockwave didn't work and I think James you were at the same yeah. um, uh, thing at the Royal College of Surgeons where Professor Rompey from Germany one of the talismans of this was saying that he actually now has a negative view of the British Medical Journal because of the, that sort of stuff it was printing and it really gave um, the Germans who were getting vastly different results in terms of efficacy, he's looked at the BMJ and went, well, what, who's doing this? Where are they getting these results from? And they stopped looking at us. And that was a big, that, that 10 year window is where we really fell behind. And, and we became, um, you know, the whole country is going, it doesn't work. It's just another ultrasound or, or whatever. Um, and now people like yourself and me and, and, and other people that we know and work with closely are really driving it forwards. And I think quite rightly, we're now noticing that courses that used to have four or five people on, and now you know you're getting 20, 30, 40 people turning up to the course. It's actually hard to teach in many ways, but it yeah. just shows you how how the how the bubble is is exploding, and you're still getting some people on those courses that are sitting at the back going, "I'm not sure about this. So I'm going to ask some tricky questions." And great because let's have the discussion. Let's get it out in the open because we've got so much data now which shows the efficacy. I'm hoping that within 12 to 18 months, those conversations will be gone. But I'm still very happy to have them to to get anyone that's thinking about this to, to really open their eyes to it and, and to understand what's going on. Because if there's still people walking around saying the, the world's flat, then we need to explain to them actually it's round and we've known that for a while. It's, uh, you, you are the king of metaphors. That's, 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 well, <laughs> that's, that's well described. Um, I think that's pretty much all the things I was thinking about talking about today. But I think that um, I think we'll probably have to get you back on at some point, especially with the laser stuff. Did you say about about selling it as well? Yes. Which is, um, which is my uh, the, the, this is one of my I think massive things is that um, you have to charge for this. I, I'm, I'm vehemently against people spending you know, 10, 15, 20 grand on equipment and then just assuming that because they've had a life in the NHS or whatever, they, they have to give this away for free. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and I that there's a variety of price points. I charge 399 for six sessions. I think that's, you know, cutting somewhere through the middle. Um, and I charge for my therapeutic input on top. So yeah. it's an additional £66.50 on top of whatever I charge. I charge £69 time, so... Um, you know the, the the price builds up, and I don't think you can have someone walk into your clinic and say, you know, my Achilles is is really hurting and it's been nice for a long time, and I'm willing to do anything to get it better. They might have come in thinking they're going to spend fifty, sixty quid, and suddenly I'm hitting them with a bill that's in excess of eight hundred. So it's it's how you position it and how you explain it. I said right at the beginning, you need to get your sixty second pitch about what Shockwave is so that you can tell it quickly and you're not going off talking about toll light receptor 3 and strings and nucleotides because people don't want to know that. What you need to be doing is explaining to them um, what it's going to do for them. Uh, and again, you love a metaphor and analogy, but people don't buy drills, they buy a hole in the wall. So don't tell them how good your drill is. Explain to them that you're going to create this hole in the wall and they can hang their picture. So your uh, Achilles tendinopathy uh, has an 82% chance of getting better if we include shockwave as part of our package. Great. But tell them, because they, you know, they need to get by and say to them, you know, I can give you some loading exercise. You can go away and try and do those. Uh, only 7% of people will go and do all their exercises. So we've got a 93% failure rate on that. 
Second of all, you can have you know good old-fashioned therapy, osteopathy, physio, whatever your domination is. And thirdly, you can have all of that plus shockwave on top. But don't make a decision now. Jump on the couch. Let me do an assessment. Let me start the therapy. And 10 minutes before the end, when you've asked all your questions about shockwave, we'll figure out whether you want to go for it or not. Give them a chance to have a bit of time to make a decision and then decide whether they want to make that sale. And what you'll find is that the um, single female patient will make a decision like that. Um, the single male patient might make the decision by the end of it. The married female will make a decision like this and the married male needs to go through his head and consider how he's going to justify it to his wife when he gets home and, and, and you know, go against her weekend in Ibiza or whatever and, and decide he's got enough justification. But you need to give him 20 minutes or so to do that. And so that is the way. If you want people to buy into it, don't just go, yeah, great, we're going to do shockwave, but I'm going to charge you 800 quid because they're all going to say no. So learn how to take your patient on a journey from where you want them to be and where they thought they were going to be and you want to close that gap by giving them think time. Wow, I'm trying to take all that on board. Especially when you went from stem cells to Ibiza in the space of three minutes. Yeah. That's yeah, impressive. No, it's crappy. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to mention this, but we may as well, because people always ask this, and there's no point getting, a, you know, you can't get around it. But um, the, at some point during the, the, the lectures I give, everyone's always like, you know, what machine should I buy? You know, where, you know, and my, my general response, I don't know whether you'd agree with this, that, you know, there's, there's, two, there's two main companies out there that are, are sort of like the BMW and Mercedes of, shockwave and, and it's not necessarily that they're the only ones that create uh cavitation and do what they're supposed to do but it is is to me anyway that if you walked into any major hospital across europe or any major clinic and they pretty much would have um a a storts or chattanooga device that use storts yeah. or an ems which is known as swiss dollar cast do you do you give similar sort of advice out because I think the price points are reasonably the same which is sort of somewhere you know six to ten thousand for a radial device but I do know that there's lots of lots of companies out there now selling them for two and a half three thousand pounds what what do you give as advice on all of that in, in trying to be an unbiased obviously yeah I mean look I, I've, I've specifically stuck in a position where I teach for the company I work for and I as an HCPC registered physiotherapist I don't want to get involved in if someone buys a machine that in somehow that changed my lifestyle. So um, I have chosen to work with companies that produce um, or sell rather the stores based equipment. And that's, you know, Venn Healthcare and the Chattanooga devices from DJO because they are spending in excess of 5 million a year in stores um, on research and development. They're already ahead of the new legislation that comes in, which will decide whether a machine can be used or not legally. Um, and you are covered as a healthcare practitioner, um, whichever um, form you are, by the fact that those machines comply to absolutely everything that they need to comply with. And without getting into detail, then you just know that, that they comply. Um, EMS, I, I believe, is a very good machine. It's not one that uh, that I've I've ever used before or, or touched. Um, I have understood and worked closely with the Storz brand um, for a number of years, and I feel very very confident with them. Having visited their factory, I know the people that work there, and yet, however many they sell, does not influence my life one iota. So I don't I don't have to sit here and try and sell one machine in favour of the other. 
I merely teach to a machine that I fully understand that it's going to be giving shockwave on its millionth shock in exactly the same way as it does on its first shock when you get the machine. I think that there are some very cheap alternatives coming out, and if I'm going to use Panda, I don't think that um, that they can offer you the same assurances. Um, and if you buy right, you buy once. Um, and so there is a reason that these machines are holding their value, and there's a reason that you never see a stores-based product on the second-hand market. Um, because because of the exact reasons that I'm saying, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to, you know, sit here and, and be like I'm championing this brand. It, it's it's the you know I'm same about a lot of things that I have in my life um, where where I would want to buy something that I know I had lots of um, of confidence in, and it, you are making a big purchase, and yes, two and a half three thousand pounds is is less than say seven to ten. But if I've got to spend that three times, it all ends up being the same. And if I'm not getting the clinical results, I've got to be able to go to bed at night knowing that, you know, I think my brand of physio is um, is right up there. I charge double everyone in my area here in Northumberland and, and my books are full. I know that what we do is good. I feel very happy with what we do and I feel very happy with the machine choices I've made. And I've been prepared to spend an appropriate amount of money to get something that, that does smack of quality. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good summary. I th- and I, that's why I describe them. That they are the Mercedes and BMW of, of what I know to be good research-led uh, manufacturers. Um, and, you know, of course, people can go off and they can get whatever they want. But the, the other thing, of course, is we both know is that, the, you know, we, we all kind of know each other in, in our profession of doing Shockwave. And, and yeah. we, we all use one machine or the other. And if someone sends me an email and says, you know, what do you think uh, I should do with this, that and the other? And if it's one of the, if it's one of those machines, I, I have no idea of the answer, you know, and um, but we, we kind of know where we are with the stores or indeed those guys know what they're doing with an EMS. So look, I think we're going to, I think we, I thought about this being 20 minutes. I think I'm going to guess that this is not far off. So we're going to call it to a close there. And um, I think we've got everything covered and it's been really useful. I hope other people listening will get get a good summary of it as a start point of what shockwave therapy can offer uh, and we'll, we'll get you back on at some point to discuss particular conditions I think which people always want to know about um, yeah. but thanks for your time today Paul it's been really good no cheers mate cheers Paul bye